The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the king, kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today's Gospel reminds us to listen to the whole biblical narrative with an ear for who gets named or renamed and who is left nameless. In the background. Matthew's Gospel gives us lots of opportunities for this kind of listening, beginning with the genealogy of Jesus, which includes by name three Canaanite women, women who we learned last week would have been outside the Jewish community. But it's not only in Matthew. Throughout Scripture we hear people renamed by God. Abram is renamed Abraham, Jacob is renamed Israel, and Saul is renamed Paul. And in today's Gospel, after the disciple Simon makes his confession of faith, Jesus renames him Peter, which comes from the Greek Petra, or rock. This is the same disciple who a few weeks back nearly sank in the stormy sea and was called out by Jesus for having little faith. The same Peter who we know will not want to hear about Jesus' death and resurrection. The same Peter who we know will want to stay on the mountaintop at the Transfiguration when Jesus is illuminated and God speaks from the heavens. This is the same Peter who we know will deny Jesus three times at his arrest. This often reckless, selfish, and imperfect disciple is the one whom Jesus calls the rock and says, I will build my church upon you. I found myself wondering what Jesus meant 
scholars debate whether Jesus spoke of Peter himself, the foundational confession that Peter makes, or something else entirely. During our lectionary study earlier this week, one of my colleagues called Peter, Peter the Blockhead. Maybe you remember that Blockhead was a favorite insult by the Peanuts gang in the comic strip by Charles M. Schultz. Lucy calls Charlie Brown a blockhead and his teammates pile on him, blaming him for losing the baseball game. His little sister Sally calls Linus a blockhead for ruining her Halloween. Calling someone a blockhead was another way of saying, you got it all wrong. And the image of Peter the blockhead being the rock upon which the church is built has stuck with me this week precisely because sometimes Peter did get it all wrong and Jesus loved him anyway. Reflecting on the meaning of the metaphor, another pastor described her family's experience of trying to build rock cairns, the, stock, the stacked towers of stones that you, see, you can find in all different places, built for all kinds of reasons. I've seen them near mountain trails and in rivers as signposts that a place has meaning. In their attempts to build these cairns, two things stood out to her. First, despite their appearances, the rocks really didn't have any perfectly flat surfaces, which made it really difficult to fit them together evenly and keep them from slipping and tumbling over. And second, she confessed that trying to find ways to balance them tested her family's patience and they gave up. Like those precarious rock cairns, the church that we have today is filled with its own imperfections and rough edges and sometimes it feels like it wouldn't take much to make it come tumbling down. There are gaps where the gospel that we proclaim doesn't match up with the witness of our lives. And sometimes it is enough to cause us to lose patience, throw up our hands in frustration, and even want to give up and walk away. God doesn't give up, not on Peter and not on us. God is still here among all of us imperfect, rough around the edges people. In fact, God calls us precious living stones and works through us to build the church that we may continue to tell the world how much God loves us all. A third image comes from earlier in Matthew 7, in a part of the Sermon on the Mount that we didn't get to hear this year in the lectionary. It's where Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall.
because it had been founded on rock. Too often in our sin, in our self-centered failure to trust God, and in our temptation to listen to lies and to evil that would destroy what is given by God, we question why God would try to build anything with us or entrust this life-giving gospel to us. But God is a God of wisdom, not foolishness. And God has built on rock, a solid foundation grounded in faith. In the message translation of this passage, Eugene Peterson writes that Jesus told Simon, I'm going to tell you who you really are. Who you really are in God's eyes. Not who others say you are. Not who you appear to be on your clumsiest or least grace-filled day. But who God says you are. There are times when we are blockheads. There are times when we stumble and fall down or get knocked down. But the God who loves us sees all of our imperfections, knows our sins before we even commit them, and forgives us abundantly. The ecclesia, or church, is the community united by faith in this good news, in God's saving action for each one of us. And Jesus has placed the church into our hearts and our hands that our neighbors and community would know it too. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, Thank you for your son, Jesus, who sees us and calls us by name. Thank you for your abundant grace that sees our imperfections and works through us anyway. Teach us to trust your wisdom and share your good news that our neighbors will know your love. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.